welcome to a brand new Five Heart Podcast. Brought to you by Coordination Five Heart Nation Podcast Network. I'm your host, Greg Mahochko, but really the man of the hour, too sweet to be sour, the guy who's been holding down the fort for the last two weeks. Hello, John. <laughs> Hello, Greg. How are you, yes, boss? Uh, I don't know. We just kind of arrived in this. We just like swooped in. That's what so I do. Kind of, uh, uh, I am anticipating. What What are you anticipatory about? <laughs> Whatever topics you were you want to bring up tonight. <laughs> uh, so we've got a great show for you, everybody. Um, we're gonna rehash. Last Saturday's super depressing loss to Minnesota. Oh my God! We have to, John. I do we? We we have to. It's an unfortunate thing, to, but it has to be done. Uh, and then okay. let's do it with gusto. Then, hot damn! I mean, it, we have known for the better part of thirteen months that. Nebraska Cornhuskers are really good, really top-notch at finding ways to lose games. And, you know, last year it was late fumbles. It was kicking to the – you know, punting to the wrong side of the field. It was a lot of little things. But they have really upped their game in 2022. Now they go up 10 points on a team – that was 0-32 in 32 tries where they were down by 10 points or more. They were 0-32, winless in 32 attempts. And Nebraska says, we don't really want to play a second half. You guys take it. Have fun. And that's what happened. That's what we saw at Memorial Stadium last week. And, and John, we do this uh, out, of, out of the kindness of our hearts out of loyalty to our team, uh, in all kinds of weather, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I'll never not watch a Nebraska football game till that finer, you know, till, till the clock finally goes down to zero. I'll, I'll never turn it off. I, I there are better things that I could do on a Saturday, but I'll never turn it off. Um, this, this is sounding like a mental illness. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, welcome. the Minnesota game wasn't. It was, I mean, at least we were ahead at half, and people stayed kind of entertained until it it got to uh, you know ten to ten, and then you were like, "Oh God, this is the same old shit again." Uh, but I, what do you? What about this week? Well, let's not let's not turn <laughs> the page just yet. Okay, we, we went down and we looked masterful in that first drive. Marched on the field. Uh, now, granted, it was buoyed quite a bit by Anthony Grant's opening uh, run of, you know, I don't know, 40-something yards. Uh, and and it was just enough of Chubba Purdy game management. But it was it was heavily uh, relied upon on Anthony Grant. And as it should be. I don't know how we haven't figured that one out yet, you know. <laughs> Um, the, I, I say this every game over on, uh, on Twitter at uh, the number five heart podcast. It's 
the NFL scouts are going to love Anthony Grant probably sooner than later because I don't know how much more abuse he can take. But he has terrific vision, patience. Uh, oh, man, that, that's that's a good yeah, but painful point by Art. Uh, Art says, Huskers are the girl that cheats on you repeatedly. You forgive when she says she's not going to do it again. And then dot, 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 yeah. Um, I I love everything about Anthony Grant's game. You know, he he's physical, but he's quick. I mean, we saw that, boom, opening game. When they got a, a three and out on Minnesota's first offense series or offensive possession and marched down the field and settled for a field goal, I knew we were in trouble right there. You know, there, there was no – you know, whatever you want to say, you know, schematically, when you had to settle for a field goal, you, you had a real opportunity, I feel, to put the Gophers really, uh, you know, behind the eight ball, and then let them off the hook. Right. And they didn't do anything the rest of the game. But that's true. I mean, it was uh, it was like a completely different team the second half. And that was, uh, I don't know. You didn't, my you, son was in Chicago shit. visiting his girlfriend, so I didn't have to put up with his shit, <laughs> which was nice. The the, the difference in, in first and second half, or or you know halfway through the second quarter and beyond, is that the Casey Thompson effect? Like, is he that much of a? I, I believe you, uh, Matt. I think my microphone is haunted, um, and I apologize. I'll try to. I don't know what to do. We we need to get tech support on this in a big way because I, I noticed your microphone was doing the same thing uh, in, in this week's therapy session. Uh, yeah, I don't, versus, I don't I think I think on the Minnesota side of the fence, uh, put it this way. I asked my son what he thought about it when Tanner Morgan, you know, we talked about the game later when he got back from Chicago. And, you know, I, I think he said the same thing that most Minnesota fans thought. Um, when Tanner Morgan went out at halftime, he was like, good. The Aiden Kalakanakis, or I'm going to he has a much he has a much higher upside. He can throw the ball better. He's much more athletic. He's much more, I don't want to see, well, he can run better. And uh, you saw it in the second half when Minnesota came out and opened up their offense, and uh, he made some plays. And, th- you know, that really was what that play came, that game came down to, is Minnesota made plays, and and then they were able to run their offense the way they wanted to once they got a lead, you know, where they just run Mo Ibrahim at you, Mo Ibrahim at you over and over and over. But, you know, we had chances to make plays, and guys dropped balls. And then you had Chubbeth Purdy playing 500, apparently, when he was – Throwing the ball deep, so I just I, I see the. I was gonna say when you I, made that reference Monday night, I was I was tickled. I didn't think anybody remembered that game. It was years ago, but I I remember how I could not throw the ball at all. I think I could throw a baseball decently, but I never really could throw a football worth of shit. So it just became like an arm punt. And that's kind of what Chubb – I think Chubb probably went farther than I did, but, you know, it, they looked the same. And then you saw through a few balls from Tanner Morgan that looked the same as, as 
Chubba Purdy is, and that's why I would say most Minnesota fans were like, oh, uh, Tanner Morgan's hurt, whatever. I mean, I hope he's okay, but I don't think they were really that concerned about it. And to your point and, and Todd's point from earlier in the week, it's, you know, the backups have been quarterbacks. We make – we're, we're getting the reputation, you know, for backup quarterbacks like we have, you know, for – uh, Big Ten West running backs for the last 10 years. You know, it's play Nebraska, put up, you know, all their numbers. Yeah. It's not good. Nothing's good right now. Is there anything good right now? Well, I'll tell you what. It's related to, to Nebraska Ford Husker Athletics, but uh, this beer is, is pretty good. This is called Barney. It's by uh, Abida Brewing Company. Uh, it's a, I believe it looks like a mix of Purple Haze and Andy Gator. I don't know what that means. Uh, but uh, Abbott Brewing Company, Abbott Springs, Louisiana. Hey, you know what else might be good? Oh, you got the pipeline jerky. I did. I ordered some pipeline jerky. I, thought I you actually talked to those guys. I, I didn't go vegan. <laughs> In my house, it's vegan. I pronounce it vegan because it really annoys my kids when I do that. And uh, the same way I pronounce Neil deGrasse Tyson irritates them. But I, I talked to the pipeline jerky guys today, and uh, I am going to do a video reviewing their jerky and talking about what they're doing. But we can, we can talk about this right now. Uh, if you go to pipeline-jerky.com, you can buy pipeline jerky, and it's from a – Oh, I, you know, I need to get this spiel down. By the way, they're not paying me to advertise for them. We just thought, here's the thing. They're kind of a nil deal. They're like their own nil collective. And what it is is when you buy the pipeline jerky, uh, they are basically, this is the part I need to get down. So I'm not saying this incorrectly. This may not be 100%. Okay. I got to verify this with the like company guys, but this is, when you buy this stuff, a percentage of the sales will go to like a, a fund. And then at the end of the year, they will turn that over to the athletic department as part of a nil collective, specifically for Husker linemen, something I think we desperately need right now. So uh, I think, you know, the guy sent, said something that I talked to, and I'm not going to use his name because I guess I need to get all, I'm doing this way ahead of time. Basically, what he said is, is this is kind of like the nil collective for the rest of us. When you okay. think of nil collectives, you think of millionaires writing checks. And this is basically something that people can contribute to and they can, uh, you know, they can get some jerky. I haven't tried this yet. We're going to do that when we review it. Uh, they have peppercorn and honey barbecue. I am not a honey barbecue guy. So I hopefully I will have Rotten Sun try that. He is more of a honey barbecue guy because... Um, I, you know, he's just that kind of guy. I don't know what that means, but I'm more of a pepper. I'm more hot and spicy. What's the matter with you? Okay, I, I I prefer hot and spicy. Okay, I prefer you know, I prefer anger in my mouth. That should go on a T-shirt right there. I prefer <laughs> anger in my mouth. I don't think we want to remember <laughs> me saying that. <laughs> Um, you know, it brings up an interesting point. <clears throat> how much uh, 
have we found out uh, how to monetize this show yet? How to monetize it? Yeah, I mean, well, we, the, we, you know, we, we should we should have the five heart nil, and and uh, you know, for the Brody belts of the world. <laughs> you know what? I'll, I'll I'll I'm going to be talking to these guys about how they're doing this and what is going on, and uh, and. and <laughs> Well, you know, everybody, well, a lot of people like their women hot and spicy. Um, <laughs> but I'll be talking to them about what they're doing, I think, a little bit further. So, you know, I've done it. I've, I've worked with shit tons of businesses. And actually, I've worked in the food industry, too. So I think I will enjoy talking to them further. But apparently, I mean, you can go to pipeline.jerky and buy this. It's also going to be in stores soon. And I don't know what stores it. He told me that, but uh, he was on the phone. And uh, we got it. We got to jump back. I'm so sorry. Uh, <laughs> Matt says I'd like he some told me where in the, my mouth too. <laughs> God damn it! Uh, <laughs> I know I completely threw off. I apologize. Wade does have a good question. I flashed it up there for a minute, but uh, I want to revisit it. Uh, what? What was it? Why do they recruit QBs that when they're recruiting them, it's like, uh, oh, wow, going to be one of the best QBs ever. Then first year here, they don't play them. Second year, looking at the next one. Is it they, if they, they had that, Well, I think there's a few things about that. Number one, quarterbacks like to play, and they all believe that they're going to be the next – I was going to say Parkinson. That's kind of dated. The next Tom Brady, except Tom Brady's washed up now. The next uh, that Mahomes guy from Kansas City. Anyway, I mean, they all want to play. And I think you recruit, I, you probably should be recruiting one or two a class. But I, I think when you look back on what Scott Frost was doing, I don't think he honestly was paying that close attention to what he was actually doing. I think he just thought, I just need a whole guy of skill guys that are going to run my offense and make me look good and score points. And I don't know if he ever really had a, like an actual plan put together and said, here's what we need to do because he was too busy doing other shit. So I, I, I'd so like to, I, um, I, I'd like to kind of piggyback on that and, and say that they, they can bring in all these, you know, top notch you know, highly touted QBs, but, and we've been talking about this for a few weeks now, and, and I know um, you, you and Todd reiterated it as much uh, this past Monday night, but development, you know, like there's, it, it, it almost, with, with, with exception, like this is not a, a, a I'm, I'm painting with broad strokes here, but I, and I apologize for that. It's not everybody, but it's almost like, well, they get here and, and and it kind of feels like that's as good as they get. Like they almost plateau upon step foot in Lincoln. We and you guys mentioned something uh, particular about uh, Mark Whipple and you know like center backs he's coaching. You mentioned you know, like Ben Roethlisberger, and and Ben Roethlisberger was a, a you know. And I I don't say this as as a, a Steeler fan. I say this as, as somebody who knows a little bit uh, about football. But over the course of his career, and, and he, you know, lost the step and, and became a little bit more fragile, et cetera. But, you know, like, uh, yes, we are. Patrick, um, why don't you? Never mind. <laughs> uh, but you look like Prime Ben Roethlisberger where he was uh, mobile. Uh, and that's a great question that, that I'm, I'm getting to. 
Roethlisberger's mobile, tough to bring down. Like that, those were all of his strengths in his prime playing days. And you, only, I mean, you talk about Tubba Purdy, or at least Todd did, I think. Um, and like, I feel like Heinrich Harbert is is very much like that that quarterback that Whipple wants. You know, big, sturdy, big arm, but. Again, where's the where's the development? I mean, he's been holding the clipboard now for a couple of years. So Brian, I don't. I, don't. I, I was trying to answer two questions at once, Brian. I probably disappointed right. you, but I disappointed a lot of people. So I don't. There's not any explanation for what Whipple is doing with this team right now, with regards to the backup quarterbacks. I mean, I guess we're gonna, you know, Casey Thompson's out for Michigan, and I, I will find out Saturday at two twenty-five who's probably going to be the uh, starting quarterback. <sighs> you want to take this one, John? No, you two are serious. Patrick Gerhardt, our own basketball guy writers, you two are seriously doing this during a Nebraska basketball game. Nebraska ball game. You know what? Right over here on my screen, I have the score up as 70-53 to 53 Nebraska over UNO with 328 left. Uh, Wiltshire has 21 points. Sam Greasel has 16. Uh, Blaze Keita has nine with 10 rebounds. So he's, what is that, a double-double? I never know how that works. But, I, you know, one of the it reasons why, if this was a Big Ten conference game, I would have bitched at Greg about doing that. But uh, right now, I mean, it looks like, you know, barring some disaster, Nebraska is going to go to 2-0 and on the season for Nebraska, for Nebraska ball. So there you go. Go, Patrick, you son of a bitch. In my defense, I offered you Wednesday night, too, and you said, oh, let's do it Thursday. So uh, I did. I did. A couple of uh, things here as we get to, uh, again, uh, we're, we're down a guy. It's not my story to tell, uh, but uh, we, we wish uh, Haas and, and all his loved ones just the very best. Um, as there's a, a little bit of a uh, tragedy for, for Haas going on right now. Um, but uh, uh, you, 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 the, the viewers and the listeners are our our third man, so to speak. And Terry uh, says we're going to lose fifty six to three. Michigan wants a top four ranking, and we're on the menu. At least Casey Thompson won't get more hurt. It'll be one of the backups who takes the punishment. I fifty six to three, generous. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I don't know if uh, uh, Harbaugh will take his foot off the gas. If I'm being honest, I don't think he's going to. Um, I don't think he's going to uh, back off like um, – oh, crap. Who was it? Uh, Venable in Oklahoma. Uh, Venable, Oklahoma could have done so much more than what yeah. they did. Um, I don't think Harbaugh's got, got a – you know, to, to your point, Jerry, you're right. He, they're looking – they want to be top four. They want to be in that conversation for the comparable playoff, and I think they're going to put up as many points as they can. You know, college football is weird. I mean, watches come out and play decently because they overlook this. I don't think that'll happen in a heartbeat. They, you know, what? I said trap game, man. Trap game. It's a trap game for well, uh, Michigan. They're not sure what to do with Nebraska. Well, one thing for sure is that, uh, you know, after they play us, they're going to be infected with this curse of Scott Frost and their whole season is going to go to <laughs> shit. So, you know, I, I like Michigan. I've, I've always kind of had a ample respect for Michigan. But when it comes down to the games, you know, I, I hope just, uh, you know, barring not injury, I don't want anybody injured. But, 
you know, I hope we just infect them with vile ickiness and they lose all and their James is there right you go. Oscar herpes. Oscar, Oscar herpes. herpes. Uh, uh, oh, it says they want some Logan Mother's morsels. <laughs> that sounds dirty. I think it's supposed to be some Mother's morsels. I don't know. Maybe he wants it. I don't know. Oscar herpes. <laughs> Put that on a shirt, John. I was, I'm thinking, you know, you could probably come up with stuff for that. There's plenty disgusting. Uh, here, 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 would be the, the, here would be the thing. What you would have to do is you would have to uh, put everybody's combined, like, ranking. Like, maybe the shirt says Husker Herpes, and then on the back of the shirt, it's every opponent and their uh, uh, record after they played Nebraska. <laughs> that, wouldn't, that wouldn't be bad. Husker Herpes. All right, all right. Anything? What else is going on this week? What's going oh on? Oh my this god! Week, what? You know, it's it's been a dead week. I think people are just like, by and large. I mean, right? When when was it? Thursday before the Minnesota game, there was that big thing about all the rumors that came out, and people went insane on Twitter, and there was supposed to be a big announcement. None of all of it turned to shit. Nothing happened. And I think it uh, people are really kind of getting to the point that they're kind of like, okay, we're not going to have Noah coach for another two, three weeks. Uh, we're going to play Michigan this week, and we have little chance of even looking good, let alone winning. Uh, it just seems like a – you know what it seems like? It seems like a week like in – almost like in June, the third week of June with regards to football content. I mean, I know they're having press conferences, and I know that they announced that Casey Thompson's out, and but you're still kind of looking around, going, "Okay, what can we discuss? Can anybody that 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 said uh, put that back up there?" I will, I will, but I got it. Brian has a good one. Can we make our mascot Herpy Husker? <laughs> I, you know, we if if the program stays like this another couple of years. Now, one of the things I did see this, you know, I usually take my trip around social media and uh one of the things i did see is people talking about how a coach could turn in one year the right coach for nebraska could turn this around for one year the husk guys account tweeted the fact that when you look at the top 10 in football right now look at how many of them are first coaches yeah brian kelly I mean, lsu uh, Lincoln he's, Riley, he's not, USC. He, I mean, they're they're not not first year head coaches. They're just first year coaches at the school where that. But but LSU had its issues a couple within the last couple. Years, but they also won a national championship. So it's not like they're they're not inheriting losing programs. USC, or, I mean, USC wasn't in the title picture or playoff picture necessarily. But they were, you know, they're not. I mean, we're – oh, gosh. I, I'm going to make myself sad just thinking about this. I need a, I need a breather for that. What, what, what are you thinking about? We're the natural light of college football. Uh, I don't know what that means. Natural light. It, it, it's like bush light but worse. Natty light. I mean, people, when they drink that stuff, they're just kind of down there. And you know what I mean? They're like, ah, it's three bucks a 12-pack. You know what I mean? I'm so sad. All right, Matt. It's still beer. It's you, mix, you mix it with 
V8 juice in Tabasco, and it's a red beer, and it's fun. Uh, all right, Matt, we've, we've got Matt's coming up here for a whole while now. Everybody has been able to read it. Uh, he says, for all you okay. think, we're at a point finally where nobody knows what to do anymore with our football program. People I talk to every day see it, and it's so sad that people are literally giving up. I don't know if they're literally giving up. I think they're just exhausted. I think, you know, there's been some YouTube commenters that one of them has made the comment, you know, I don't know if I'm going to renew my season tickets next year. And I, I honestly can't blame them, you know. And because I'm the old guy on YouTube, I, we probably get more commenters from guys that are, you know, one of them is 84 years old and saying, uh, ask me, you know, do I ever feel like I'm because of my heart? I'm gonna live to see us be good again. And he's 84, and that's the kind of shit you think about when you're 84. Is what the fuck? You know, I've been watching this team, and I've been waiting now 20 years for them to get good, like really good again. And are they gonna do it before I go away? I, you know, Nebraska beats University of Nebraska Omaha 71 to six, 75 to 61. So they do move to two and zero uh, on the season. Uh, C.J. Welcher finishes with 21 points. Blaze Keita with 12. Oh, tw Blaze Keita with 12 rebounds. Uh, Sam Greasel with three assists. Uh, let's see, looking at anything else. Shot 50% field goals, 37% from three. So, you know, it's just a pretty decent game for considering they'd gone into their first game and they didn't shoot with a shit. And, I mean... I don't know. You know, I did, Nebraska basketball, I don't have any expectations. You know, I, I just watch the games. I really, uh, I really just kind of go, God, I hope we win some games. I, you know, Forrest says Benning suggested Joseph stay is staying on her dat today. Love how he's throwing that small time bone, a pod, a bone lately. I think Benning works for her dat now, doesn't he? So yeah, he, he's off of mainstream radio. Um, yeah, and uh, you know, I, mean, if he, I didn't. If Damon I didn't listen to, to it. If Damon Benning wants to throw a bone to a small time pod. I got a small. <laughs> 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 um, it, you know what? I I, I don't disagree. Uh, Dion says I'm 61 and will live to see a bowl game. There's no doubt in my mind that Nebraska will recover. I, not a doubt. We, you know, it, there will be a time. We will see. Uh, I'm not trying to be, you know, like super pessimistic here. I know in my lifetime I will see Nebraska in the college football playoff conversation. I know it. There's too much here. There's, there, it, it's, it's, the way the college football landscape, nothing else, the way the college football landscape is shifting. You have TCU. TCU is in the conversation right now. You telling me we can't yeah, be the next TCU? Or, you know, we can't at least be us again? I mean, it, it's going to happen. It sucks that we are. Thank you. Terry's right. There. Terry, Terry. Thank you, Terry. Um, or, oh, he was questioning. He said, Will, I live. <laughs> you will. Yeah, you will, Terry. Uh, Terry, I promise. Um, don't get hit by a bus. Tomorrow. Just look both ways and cross on the street. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that is true, you know. <laughs> but you no, know, I I do believe uh, from the bottom of my five heart, uh, 
that Nebraska will rise again. Not to borrow a Southern cliche, but uh, there will be a return to prominence. And, uh, you know, we will look at the last 20 years or, you know, when, when, when this return starts to happen, uh, we will look at whatever time frame this is. We will look at the early you know, 2000s and say, oh, those are some dark times. Man, I, I'm, I'm, I'm really glad we're, we're back. And look, you, you can't appreciate the good times without experiencing the bad. I think in, in the 90s, maybe we took our success for granted. I, I, I think if you look back, you know, that, that's, that's a, a, a very real possibility. We just expected it every year. And then the, the wind started tapering off, and now we are here, you know, uh, we're where we are. We will, like, like a phoenix, we will rise from the ashes. There's some hope, John. <sighs> okay. I kind of, you know, uh, Owen Walker, what do you say? Where'd that go? Now I'm missing everything. Uh, oops, you penned those things. I pinned a lot of things, John. Owen Walker says, which will be more disappointing, Trev hires MJ or Trev couldn't hire any of the big coaches. You know, uh, none of this has happened yet. I I personally think that the coaching search is probably going on and nobody knows what's going on. I think I said that Monday night. I still believe it. I think that uh, this has been probably a very good coaching search because uh, everybody doesn't know a shit. Nobody knows anything. And I'm guessing Mickey Joseph doesn't know himself because uh, I would guess that if Mickey Joseph knew himself, he probably somebody would just ask him a question at a press conference and he'd answer it because he's number one, that raw in front of a microphone and number two, that blunt and honest about what's going on. So he probably doesn't even know what's happening with this coaching search. And I think all of us are still falling into that thing where, um, you know, absence of information leads to rampant speculation. So I, I guess to answer the, your question, Owen, you know, I don't really think about things before they happen. Um, and a lot of that became because of the recovery. I mean, when you have a heart attack, you can't really – you get stuck with so much anxiety. You can't spend your time thinking about, oh, my God, this could happen. Oh, my God. Other you drive yourself nuts. You know what you do? You forget to live because there's a lot of stuff – that's going on and you can go do that stuff. And, and Matt uh, I, brings up, he says, that's the problem, John. Nobody knows anything. Nobody knows what to do anymore. Um, I think you and you and Todd kind of hit it on the, hit the nail on the head uh, in on, on Monday when you said it's not the athletic department's job or responsibility to fill the fans in on, who's being interviewed, all that does is fuel speculation, which we have enough of right now. Uh, I, I think to to the other, to, to the latter half of Matt's uh, point, nobody knows what to do anymore. We are in uncharted territory. Honestly, when was the last time a Nebraska coach got fired midseason? It, it hasn't uh, happened well, in my lifetime. It did, yeah, it didn't. So I, I mean, think uh, I think all but, of that. Now I, I understand the reason they did it. I don't think you could have, you know, uh, maintained Frost for the rest of the season without, you know. I mean, we saw what what he did with the time he had, and where we're at now. I, 
the program would be that much more torpedoed if he would have played out the other nine or coached out the other nine games. Probably. What, nobody knows what to do anymore. You, I mean, Matt, you're absolutely right. All we have to do is just, uh, you know, dig our heels in and, and I, well, we'll get to you, Jack. Time out. Um, <laughs> I've got a, a series of Jack the Ripper comments that, that I, I'm getting to. Uh, uh, so you will be heard, Jack. You'll be heard. Um, but, uh, you know, we got to dig our heels in. And look, what I know about uh, Nebraska fans is we're not fair-weather fans. You know, we're not bandwagon fans. We're not going to jump off and, and become Minnesota fans. I mean, there's the proximity aspect for you, John, and you're, you know, you, you sent a child to Minnesota. So that's, you know. Um, but uh, I didn't send him. He's, he was an adult. He, he can make his own choices. He, um, you paid for me. That's fine. <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't. I know. Yeah, I will say this. One of you the know things I, mean. I did with my kids, I said, I'm not paying for your college. You can go wherever the fuck you want. So they did. And so he went to Minnesota. Uh, so, mm-hmm. you know, just dig your heels in. Again, we're, we're not the type of fan base that's just going to tuck our tails and run. Um, that's just not who we are. All right, we got uh, a lot of Jack the Ripper to get to. Uh, Jack the Ripper asked initially, any other historic dominant program who fell from grace so far? He answered his own question, said Miami. I don't disagree. And then he follows that up uh, uh, with, and you must do one thing before the program will turn around. Ask me what it is. All right, Jack, the floor is yours. I'm just gonna sit here quietly and wait. Yeah, I wanna I wanna know what it is too. <laughs> oh my god, you guys. Are you are you waiting for one? I'm waiting. Okay. <laughs> so we're, I'm gonna go back to Wade Farr's question. Wade Farr right. had a question in here. We're waiting for I you. I can't uh, find yeah. this. Okay, he Wade Farr asked a question so about <laughs> Wade Farr and you must change. Hold on, here we go. We had an answer. He would, and you must change the endorsement to Nike. Is this like the Coke Pepsi thing? (laughs) I'm I'm waiting for elaboration. And why can't you go to a restaurant? I mean, we're we're in civilized times. Why can't you go to a restaurant and get Coke or Pepsi? Why has it got to be one or the other, John? I I don't know. I don't drink either of them. (laughs) All right. Jack the Ripper says Nike hey. teams won everything and they have for 20 years. So Somewhere in here, Wade Farr asked a question about what will happen to all the recruits that Mickey Joseph was brought in or what will happen to the existing recruits, you know, and, and the, the answer to that is we don't know. I mean, the fact is, is that every, it, the rumors around Malachi Coleman, one the best guy in the state is my understanding was that he was not going to commit to Nebraska as long as Frost was there. So I think people go to schools for different reasons, and it's not always just the coaches. I mean, a lot of Nebraska kids are probably looking to go to Nebraska because they want to be there. Uh, You know, kids, recruits do weird things. Like I saw the the red N on the helmet, and I fell in love with it when I was in 10, and I always wanted to play there kind of stuff. So all of that stuff, you don't – we don't really know. I mean, that's just something that's going to have to play out. And I realize we are supposed to gauge, engage in rampant speculation. 
I, I think the other thing, part of this is nil. I, Nebraska looks like they're just, they're ready to roll on nil. And honest to God, truth is, you kind of get the indication that they weren't before. You heard talk about it, but I don't, getting the, from talking to people, I kind of get the idea that it was more, how do I want to put this? <laughs> I get myself in trouble. It was more like a storefront. Mm. I think it was more there like a storefront than it was a full full established business. How about that for where Nebraska was with regards to nil? And I think now it looks like it's probably it's going to be much more, well, much more in place or much more structured going forward than it was. So, you know, that's going to help a lot. And I think that's something that a lot of the rest of the well, our Big Ten West counterparts don't have going for them as probably as big a war chest as we have. And that's that's really going to be important in the future is you buy a beef jerky or pork jerky, beef jerky, beef jerky, peppercorn, and, uh, you know, getting the war chest set for the offensive line particularly. John, can we turn our, uh, our T-shirt and merchandise store into an NIL fund? Or are you doing that solely for your uh, selfish means? I right now it's my selfish means. <laughs> John's like I got bills to pay, damn it. I, I want to touch back. Yeah, I have. No, I listen. I I have no <laughs> idea what I'm doing with this. I just kind of set it up, and I thought, well, let's see what happens, and it's it's going better than I thought. I don't know. You know, maybe uh, maybe something will happen with that later. It'd be kind of, you know, I could sponsor I, I, like a long snapper or something. That'd be great. No. If, if if one of my, I have three sons, you know this. Uh, maybe watching don't. I have three sons, and if one of them wanted to be a career long snapper, my blessing, go with the grace and favor of the Lord, because you can have a very long career as a long snapper. Uh, I want to come come back to this uh, comment from Wade about uh, improving the uh, line on both sides. Uh, he says most of the recruits are specialty players, not. Uh, offensive or defensive linemen. Um, yeah, I mean, that's just a, a numbers game, right? And, and I know Haas has talked about this. And I think it's the Bill Parcells um, meant, uh, or philosophy is that you get so few young men who are able to do what an offensive or defensive lineman does. You know, uh, speed, is, I mean, a lot of guys fast. A lot of guys can catch football, but how many of them can react quickly uh, and I'm not any justice to to that quote from I think Parcells. Uh, I'm, I'm just saying there's there's a lot more recruits in, in specialty fields than there are um, you know capable Division One offensive linemen. I think um, let's uh, jump down here. Uh, I, we have some good. Uh, it's always blamed on the coaches, Matt. Matt's been a, a good contributor tonight, uh, so thank you, Matt. It always uh, always blamed on the coaches. The kids playing have played uh, damn near the whole life. The blame game needs to stop. It's not our facility. It's not our shifty weather. People are sick of excuses. Yeah. I mean, I don't disagree. The um, I was going to try but, uh, the it, it look. Uh, no problem, Matt. <laughs> Uh, it's a joke. Uh, I, it, it's okay. um, you win as a team, you lose as a team, right? Uh, and that's coaches and players. 
Uh, and I appreciate, I, I do appreciate Mickey Joseph's, uh, I, I guess, way of responding in, in, in the press conferences about, you know, especially early on when I was watching him, I'll admit, but he said, you know, we, we got to do a better job. That's on me. That's on the, you know, that's on me to prepare the team. Uh, and then the, the players come out. I feel like there there's a higher level of accountability than there was the first few weeks of the season or the last three or four years. Uh, everybody seems to, uh, you know, blame themselves, I guess, which, you know, right or wrong. Uh, but you're right. It, it, the players have to be out there executing, but they have to be uh, prepared in a way that's going to set them up for success. Yeah, that's true. I'm gonna I'm gonna blow Matt's mind right now. What are you gonna blow Matt's mind with? Watch this. You ready? <laughs> Shock the world. Real name. <laughs> the Craig is just a joke from Josh, who's not here. Um, I have other pin messages, John. You want to hear them? Okay. This one comes to us from Matt Hansen. Uh, do you think it will end up being Mickey and bringing in some sort of tutor for him? Uh, no and no, if I'm being honest. Uh, <laughs> I don't think they bring in a tutor. Uh, I think nine games as head coach, you, you either know if you want him or you don't. Uh, and I also don't think it's going to be Mickey. That's just me. Um, no. Uh, but I don't, I don't think you, you bring in a, a head coach tutor. Like, who are you going to – what other head coach is going to come out and, and you know be like you know what uh, let, let's let's get him some Monday afternoon uh, tutorings I don't I don't know how that would work uh, but I also don't think it's going to be Mickey Joseph and that's no disrespect to Mickey uh, I I like Mickey like again going back to maybe just uh, a minute ago the word accountability you know um, he's he's taking ownership uh, right or wrong uh, of this football program or, or Right or wrong, but of the good and the bad, I should say. He, he's taking ownership of it. I think he's leading from the front, which maybe wasn't being done by his predecessor. Um, and for that, I have a ton of respect for Mickey Joseph. Uh, and I think he will be success. I'm not sure he's not retained in some capacity. And for the uh, continuity of the roster that you know they, they're gonna have to figure out figure that one out but i can see where he's retained uh and then we'll get you know maintain a lot of the players that he helped bring to lincoln i would you know i think that i mentioned before that one of the big things about being in charge of stuff is evaluating people and hiring and firing them and and that's something that mickey joseph hasn't done but the other thing is is when you i mean when we're looking at a football game during a game, right, what we see is the players are coming on the field, somebody calls a play, they execute the play, then they go back and they wait for the next call. If you really just, I mean, honestly, just the next time you're watching a football game, you don't see this very much on TV, but live, I look at the sideline. I mean, it's like a giant gob of commotion going on there. So, I mean, the, yeah. the problem is the head coach as a head coach, there are just a shit ton of decisions that have to be very short time frame and have to pay attention to them. And I think the thing is, is not being a head coach, 
a lot of times you are going to get into a situation where it's somebody you think you need to make a decision and it's really not that important at the time. And I'll give you an example. You say you got, I don't know, you got guys. Well, let's take an example of, you know, from the Northwestern game, just as a hypothetical. Uh, and let's put some hypotheticals in it. Your, your, your second or your quarterback comes off the field limping badly and he's going to go get evaluated. And somebody's going to tell you, you got to replace your quarterback, or you have a guy in charge of that, but he wants to know from you, are you sure that you want this other guy going into the game? At the same time, the lineup is on the field that you said, I'm going to call an onside kick if they're in this lineup. Now, how much of that stuff does a head coach really have to handle versus the special teams coach, versus the offensive coordinator, versus the staff? And it's not like you can say, wait, I want to call a timeout. And, and discuss all these things. Because you don't get to do that. That's why they limit the timeouts. And that's part of being an experienced head coach is juggling all that shit at the same time and then knowing what's important that you don't have to worry about or you do have to worry about or what you don't have to worry about. And I think that's, those are the things that come with experience. And, you know, people can tell you that stuff ahead of time with regards to the tutoring thing, but... I think until you're in it, you just you're not gonna know what it's like, and that that probably is the biggest thing that bothers me about Mickey Joseph. And the other thing is, you mentioned Damon Benning earlier. Somebody did, and I I pointed out I did a video earlier today about uh, Mickey Joseph, and I, and I really think that a lot of times when the media guys or people are talking about Mickey Joseph, I think in the back of their minds do the are they afraid that if we hire an outsider like Bill O'Brien, he's going to come in and say, okay, well, I'm cutting off everybody's access. And that's a big deal, I think, to people because right now access has been pretty, I'd say it's been pretty open for former Nebraska players or whoever wanted to be involved or around the athletic department or things like that. Is it just? It, it would be just as easy for a brand-new coach, for example, to come in and say, I don't want any former players working out in here anymore. And that would be kind of, you know, that would be a big thing to a lot of people. So there you go. I, I talked a lot. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I don't know. It's the, the whole thing is, you know, I'm probably more okay than most with whomever coming comes in, like cutting off some of that access. You know, like why do we have to have – Everybody and their grandma, you know, being so involved. Um, two more recent comments here. We'll start with because Forrest. it's fun and you get to tell people. Okay, boo boo. I mean, what is that like a badge of honor? I don't. I, you know, maybe it's because I'm on the outside looking in. I don't care, but I'm like, eh, who cares? You know, it's not. Uh, if if media is is not allowed in practice, then John Q. Public doesn't need to be. Uh, so Forrest says, bet Joseph's getting an earful at home regarding Whipple's play calls, making him sleep on the couch if Purdy starts. <laughs> uh, it's, I, it'll be interesting to see who comes out. I, I mean, I think we know who's coming out. Uh, and then <laughs> Vince says, if Mickey wins one of the last three games, he hits the mark that was set for Frost uh, at, at six wins, uh, that Frost lost, uh, that Trev thought, should be wins, or he wouldn't have been fired. 
four four winnable games plus two that were surprise wins. Um, I mean, it's it's Michigan, Wisconsin, and Iowa. I mean, are, are all are, are I think like, some of those are winnable. You know. Yeah, they are. Two of those are winnable. And, it and, all depends know, on what other team shows up. Right. Is it going to be the Michigan team that allowed Rutgers to hang around with them for a little while? Um, Wade's right. another one who's who's been a, a good. I mean, everybody's been a good contributor. You know, we we've been watching the, the chat as we go in. Uh, your your own conversations have been great. But Wade says our Nebraska kids are going to want to keep trying to get on Nebraska teams if they never see the field. Uh, Wade lives in Johnson. Uh, Brock Ty Han got a scholarship, scored his spring game, and never heard of again. I don't know. Sometimes people just want to be a part of something. And that yeah. was kind of the part of the walk-ons, you know, years ago, is that they just wanted to be part of the program. So uh, I'm, can I, can I, I'm going to pull up Dion Pryor's comment from earlier. Okay. Is that all you right? You do that real quick. Yeah. Uh, I'm just going to, I just want to, uh, oh, never mind. I was just going to uh, uh, highlight that Blaine says that Minnesota was winnable too, and Blaine, you're not wrong. Dion Pryor says, my teacher in 1974 in class after we lost Wisconsin. And then, God dang it, I just lost it. Joel Tilson says, I cried when the 1965 Huskers lost the national championship game against Alabama. There's a lot of old guys in here with crying stories. <laughs> My yeah, my uh, my oldest kid. son, my oldest son said uh, one time, I didn't realize how important Nebraska football was to my parents, <laughs> and then I remember my mom, mom cried. I watched my mom cried after we lost Oklahoma. It was what made him realize that yeah, we cared about it. I think Heidi's a little bit burned out on us beating ourselves to death over this stuff, but uh, yeah, this it's okay to cry. I just want to say your 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 wife's tremendous. You you did uh, something similar to me, John, and that's we we all kicked our covers. True. <laughs> There's all a right. kind of pause there. <laughs> all right. Um, uh, so Blaine uh, had another one from earlier. He says, uh, "What right here, right now? Where's the biggest issue? Administration, coaching staff, or players?" You mean with I this mean, year? I, I guess so. Yeah. I would almost say oh, probably two. It, it is two the players. You say it's the players. Yeah, it's uh, very specific. I, I, I it's very very specific. I'd say it's very, very specifically our offense. We don't really have serviceable offensive tackles. And if you took two, I, they bought, they played well at the beginning of Minnesota. I mean, they blocked well. It was about as well as we've seen them block. But either because of the coaching staff not teaching them or them not being positions, uh, we don't have good tackles. And you're not going to do a lot of stuff without decent tackles. You're just not. So if we had two tackles, if we were able to take two starting tackles from any other Big Ten team and put them on our team, uh, we'd have more wins. I can guarantee you that. So right there, I would say that if you had me make pick one thing, that's it. I would say yes. 
and I would say because with the administration and largely the coaching staff, they just don't have a big enough sample size, right? I mean, Trev Albert came in, uh, you know, just a, about a year ago, right, uh, and and started making adjustments. And the coaching staff was one of those adjustments that got made, uh, you know, middle of the season. Uh, also, they, it was retrofitted a little bit in the off season. Um, now there are gaping holes uh, on the coaching staff, but they are in relation to the gaping holes uh, on the position or, or the position group we just talked about, <laughs> offensive line. So uh, it, there are improvement could be made, I suppose. Um, and then uh, I'm probably not going to pronounce this right, but Fongwei Reldman. Uh, wonders where NU ranks in outgoing transfers since the portal began. I guarantee you, they rank her on incoming transfers because that's where we've been seeking a lot of talent, you know? John? Oh, my God. I know. Yes? I know where you're going. Well, uh, wisdom either. says early, funny – Early funny Nebraska memory, grandma getting Alzheimer's bad and didn't understand that instant replay was not our player scoring again. Grandma will replay on TV. He did it again. He did it again. Uh, you know, I can remember my mom. My mom didn't have Alzheimer's. I don't know why my mother did this, but she is standing there. and She had watched football for years. I don't think she knew it very well. All of her sons, our three sons played football, but uh, the guy that hiked the ball and she goes, well, if you ask me, it just looks like he just reached down there and took the ball away from that guy. And I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? Mommy hiked the ball. So it, it's parent. I don't know. Mothers are weird. Okay. He's had a Go good ahead. point here. He says, it's not the player's fault. They were brought in by the coaches and the coaches failed to develop them. Uh, you're absolutely right. We we talked about development or lack thereof uh, earlier on. Um, regard, boy howdy. I mean, it's uh, you know it, it it goes it goes twofold. And all you can hope is that uh, you know like the Bill Bushes are trying to squeeze every bit of ability out uh, of of the defenses they can. Um. I hate to say I've given up on the offensive line, but outside of Trent Hicks, I just don't know who's reliable. Oh, probably the guys that are playing guards are at least serviceable. I mean, if you looked at our offensive line, I'd say I think we've mentioned Bando. this before, but like Bryce, but yeah, Brock Bando. I think um, Ethan, Ethan Piper, Piper might think, be okay. Yeah. Uh, they, I, you know, Bryce Benhart probably should be playing guard. And I, I think a lot of that is is just comes down to the plan that Frost never had of what are you doing with your personnel or relying on uh, your offensive line coach to actually recruit some offensive linemen or pull them in if he needed them, and that didn't happen. And by the way, the offensive line is a real problem because you can't just go out and get offensive linemen anywhere. No. You don't get to just get them out of the transfer portal. Right. No We've talked about that. Us, so. I, I, yeah, they're they're just you know, they're rare. So it's gonna be extremely difficult for a first year coach to come into Nebraska and turn that around because of that. Uh, Jake, you're absolutely right. Trent Hickson, a former walk on, is our best lineman. 
offensive line. <laughs> um, all right, I've got one more that I pinned a, a while back, and we just heard from uh, Portal of Wisdom and the uh, the funny, although also kind of sad, uh, uh, memory. But he also had this one from before that I, I pinned uh, just for now. If you want to keep your young, talented players away from the transfer portal, since we've been talking about that here in the last few minutes, you got to work them in a game or two here in the next three. Look what happened to uh, uh, Hartzog. He's not going to transfer now that he's got some playing time. Not only has he had some playing time, he's had some really serviceable – I mean, not really serviceable. That, that's un- underselling it. He's had some really solid performances. Uh, you know, go back to the ruck, for example. He's he's making uh, the most of his opportunity here as a freshman. And uh, you're, you're right. You're absolutely right, Portal. It's, it's going to keep him in – which is a good thing. It's a very good thing to keep uh, uh, Malcolm Hartzog – in, in the Scarlet Cream. Jose Montez says, you guys don't think we can fix our line in one year. Uh, I'm going to say no. And then why I'm going to say no is because of expectations. I just don't expect that it's going to happen. I think it's just too difficult. I don't think we have the personnel uh, that are there now. And you'd have to bring in new guys and you'd have to develop them. And I think offensive – when you look at a football team, the skill player guys are the guys that can get on the field the fastest. Okay. It, it, quarterbacks have to learn just gobs of stuff, but the receivers and the running backs, they typically don't know. Hey, don't need to know as much as I mean. So your offensive and defensive linemen take longer to develop and longer to be able to get on the field. A lot of the times is that's because they come in normally out of high school and you got to spend a year putting strength and conditioning on them before they're even ready to play at the next level. So I say that largely because I'm setting my own expectations that it won't be the case. That way I, I saved myself from disappointment by, you know, what's that? What's the, your sales? What's that line promise low deliver high or some damn thing like that? Under promise and over deliver. There you go. There, that's what it is. That's what it's I'm thinking about I, when it, I look at our football team. It's how I operate my business, and it's how I take care of my wife. This episode brought to you by Blue Chew. <laughs> that's a, that's, that's an old, old one. Uh, all right, Matt has a uh, – we're running out of – but Matt has a good one that says, John and Greg, what happens next year? New coach, etc." Yeah, new coach. Probably a lot of them. Um, and hopefully we just get back to basics. Um, and and remember, here, here's where I'm at. I like, I like my football team when they're known for two things. A stout and solid, nasty defense and a solid running game. Now, does that mean I'm running the damn ball guy? No. Because if I see another run up the middle on third and 17, I'm going to flip a fucking chair. It, it, play play the situation, right? I mean, come on. You, you, uh, no. But you have to establish. I'm, I'm old school. I know. But you have to establish the run. I, I firmly believe... The run opens up the pass, not the other way around. That's just me. Wait, wait. I got a message. Oh, shit. Come in for the universe. 
I can tell you exactly what's going to happen next year, Greg. Three and nine. No, come on, my God. We're going to hire Bill O'Brien as our head coach. He's going to be the next head coach in Nebraska football. Nobody will be with this except for the people that wanted Bill O'Brien as the head coach. So the vast majority of people are going to go, why the hell did we hire this guy? Mickey Joseph will stay on staff. Bill Bush will not. Bill O'Brien Bill will bring in his own offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, his own coaches other than Mickey Joseph, who will move back to a wide receiver coach but maintain the job title of a host associate head coach. We will hear all during the offseason about how great we're going to be, and everybody will look at that and go, we're tired of fear hearing this shit. Piss off. And then we and then first in first year we will go six and six and we will call it oh thank God this drought is broken and then the following year the Big Ten will take divisions away, switch to this pod stuff or whatever the hell it is and we'll have to face then the juggernaut of the NFL like structure begins and we will be angry forever for losing games not realizing that our future of college football will be forever more like. Like the NFL, in which you make the with an eight and seven record or some damn thing like that. So, happen next year. And, uh, and you know what else is going to happen this next year? Nebraska will finish ninth in, in the Big Ten in, in basketball. And uh, we'll just leave it there. Fred Hoiberger will chain his job and, and we'll go on with Fred. What's Fred gonna what's Fred gonna have to do to, to stand like out? I mean I think he just has to show progress. I mean he has to not finish thirteenth or fourteenth. I don't think I really just I know people be like, Well they fired Foster, fired this guy. What the fuck was the point of that be? I mean if he can show he can put a team together, I I'm he can last as long as he wants at Nebraska as far as I'm concerned. If he can start coaching Big Ten basketball and win some games and this year, let's say finish 10th or 11th. I mean, I'm not asking for much. But I think, you know, I, that's where I say just take basketball one game at a time. It's going to get tougher. The Big Ten's a juggernaut. Uh, keep in mind, Derek Walker hasn't even played so far this year. So I don't know. We're, you know, Joel Tilson says no on Bill O'Brien. You see that? See that? People are going to just, I think everybody is going to be just disappointed. Well, that was the wrong window. Uh, all right, might as well hit this one. Ralph says, uh, uh, USC, UCLA coming in. Now I haven't taught Florida schools over filling in, in the league from the Pac-12. Uh, no. I mean, I, I, I'm not saying no, it's not going to happen. I don't want it to happen. <laughs> um, but, but to your point, not everybody's going to fill in. And all, all you're doing is prognosticating. That's all. Here's the thing about Fred Hoiberg, like you said, showing a little bit of progress. Folks, try to try to stay with me on this one. All we ask of him is that he finishes in the top of the bottom half of the league. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's that's really it. That's what I'd like to see for basketball this year. Men's basketball and, and, and Brian women's basketball. Uh, I want to see him get to the NCAA. Uh, Brian agrees. That, he says averaging middle and top ten in the Big Ten will keep Fred here a long time. Boy, you ain't kidding. I, you know, uh, I'd be for that. And then Catherine says, "Agree, no Bill O'Brien." And I just highlighted that because I think that's our only 
And I'm not trying to make assumptions. You're not supposed to do that in 2022. I think this is our only female viewer of the night. So. It looks like it. Power on, sister. Uh, what? 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 Why do you guys hate? Why are you guys not for Bill O'Brien? I, know. I know Phil Spear here says Alabama's offense is their weakness year this year, all due to Bill O'Brien. Uh, yeah, I see that complaint a lot. I don't think you should judge a whole guy's uh, career based on you know who on what's going on with one season. Well, let's educate Blaine briefly uh, on Bob. Um, Bill O'Brien was at one point, I think he was the offensive coordinator for the New England Patriots under Bill Belichick. He went to Penn State after um, what's his name got uh, uh, shit canned, um, and had a few good years there. Went to the pros to I think he ended up at Houston. Uh, ran into some trouble there, and part of that trouble named Deshaun Watson. Uh, lost his job, and I, I think took a little bit. To, maybe he ended up back at New England. Now he's the offensive coordinator at Alabama. Um, and and according to somebody, I, that's Blaine, Blaine. I did a video on Bill O'Brien. If you go, there's a playlist like Nebraska's coaching search, and I did a full thing. Uh, Alabama's offense is awful due to Bill O'Brien. Well, you know, I I would ask this: Who likes their offensive coordinators? People do, but I, I'm not disagreeing with you. I don't know if you guys do. You guys watch SEC shorts? It's the YouTube the the every every week after the SEC plays these guys uh, I think they sold out the ESPN or something but they they do these short skit videos and they're absolutely unbelievably funny and I th this I think this because week they the did SEC. I think because it's the SEC John it'd be the SEC jorts <laughs> <laughs> I don't get it okay uh, but uh, this week they had this thing where they had Alabama – guys, excuse me. They had Alabama, and it showed the play sheet for the play calls for Alabama. And all of them were the bingo card of Alabama, and all of them said maybe Bryce Young will do something. It, it was funny. As I went, I took that a long way for a really kind of a shitty punchline, didn't I? Yes, I did. Okay. I, I appreciate you, Phil. Just know – I appreciate you greatly. Thank you so much. Um, all right. Well, let's get to predictions because we're over an hour into this, and that means that John's starting to sundown. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's it's not too far from the truth. No. All right. So uh, Nebraska at Michigan, and I believe they're top three. Michigan. What is it? Fourth. The Georgia, fourth. Ohio State. Georgia, Ohio State, Tennessee. Tennessee and Georgia switched places after uh, the the big game last week. Um, <clears throat> thanks, Owen. Um, see, you guys want shout outs? So I got to compliment me. That's all. No. <laughs> uh, so Nebraska goes to the big half take for Michigan. And John, I'm gonna let you lead off. Okay, Nizzy says number three. Oh, I, 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 I will say. I'll say forty-five to seventeen, Michigan. You know, I I think they set the table for us, big guy. I think we. I don't know how. I don't know how we're going to score seventeen points, but I think Michigan is. Uh, you know, Michigan has two really good. 
if we can stop, Nebraska's defense has shown some life at times. And if we can stop Michigan from running the ball, then we can do something in this game. The, the problem is going to be is that our offense has to do something too. They have to be able to maintain clock. They have to be able to maintain time of possession. And if they can't do, then our defense, listen, Michigan has depth and they have good players. And what will happen is maybe Nebraska's defense can keep up with that for a, a little bit into the third quarter. But after that, they're going to be exhausted unless our offense can actually get first downs and focus on getting first downs, not fucking focusing on scoring. If you get first downs, eventually you score. you got to work on the little things. So offense, get first downs. Defense, stop, stop the run. You know, you miss it keeping it, you know, respectable or something. So I'm still going to go with – I just don't think our offense can do anything against these guys who just – uh, their coach, you know, Jim Harbaugh took his time and he figured out his coaching staff, and he's got got him going, and he's got the players, and that's really it. So there you go, forty-five seventeen in Michigan. Well, Matt uh, likes better than all the other Husker YouTube shows out there, and he appreciates us greatly. Wait. I'm going to scroll up and uh, try to get to as many of these predictions. Oh, go ahead. Wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. There are, if you go on YouTube, there are a lot of live shows for Nebraska right now. And I would, if I could ask the commenters, I know that we're in predictions. What other YouTube shows are you, are you guys watching that are Nebraska based? Just out of curiosity. And, you know, because I've heard that about us. I'm trying to, I'm trying I'm to sorry, highlight. Go ahead. <sighs> All right. So Phil has uh, a very depressing uh, Nebraska 10, Meat Chicken 49. Uh, uh, we got uh, James says Meat Chicken 41, Daryl NU 13. Uh, this is going to be painful, guys. It, we got nobody wants to drink any more Kool Aid, huh? Ralph says uh, Michigan 52, Nebraska 7. Uh, Blaine says that Nebraska's legacy will not be complete until they defeat FSU in a bowl game. So, you know, we got that going for us. Uh, Fongway says 56-6, but he did not clarify. Um, and so I asked, uh, is that Nebraska or Michigan? And he just laughed. So uh, we'll move on. Um, let's see. We have uh, Chubba. Uh, if Chubba plays, Vince says it's 52-10 Michigan. If Smothers uh, plays, it's 2017 Nebraska. There we go. Uh, God bless you guys. Going in uh, finally with some Kool-Aid. NU by 17 is uh, Nitty's guess. I, I think that if I'm reading that right, uh, let's see if I missed anybody. I might have, and if I, I apologize, I'm not. The the little scrolling bar is very small, so I can't even grab a hold of it. Uh, that's what she said. Um, moving on. <laughs> uh, Brian says NU slows down the game. Uh, defense holds up for a while. Michigan uh, 34, NU 10. Um, we need the Smothers Brothers, is what Joel said. And uh, uh, here we got Corn Crazed uh, answering some of your questions now. Corn Crazed, uh, Ed Rant. Uh, Blaine says, only you. Wow. All if right. I read that right. We got, we got a die hard there. Uh, James is killing me here. James says Nebraska no chance on Saturday. Why predict right? Why predict a score? Because it's fun. Uh, it's it's what Wade, we do. 
It, 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 we've been doing this for years. Wade says, depending on our cute quarterback, 23-33 Michigan. Ugh. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to add some sound effect there. Uh, Jose doesn't care. He just wants to beat Iowa 60 to nothing someday. Uh, <laughs> there we go. Uh, Matt says that John, for one, he likes 16-20 the zone. And Owen says 27-31 Michigan because our defense stepped up more than ever and a break game for Smothers. Um, was it uh, – who was it, the, the, the little Nebraska kid uh, a couple of years back, uh, last time Nebraska was at the big house, that uh, – was it – oh, Wyatt, Wyatt Missouri, right? Am I getting that right? Am I pronouncing that right? He had a touchdown in the big house. Yeah. Um, all right. Here we go. They're going to have – a rotation of quarterbacks, Nebraska will, to keep uh, uh, Michigan off balance. We're going to see Chubba Purdy. We're going to see Logan Smothers. We're also going to see Henry Carver because he's got that prototypical size that you like uh, in, in a quarterback. Trey Palmer is going to have a bounce back game after being pretty much negated a week ago against Minnesota, which is an odd thing to say because Michigan should be much better than Minnesota. I like how one of the commenters said, "Keep the ball away from all you do is keep, you know, the Michigan offense off the field." Which, I mean, would be here if we had an offense. Which is going to happen this Saturday? Because as I mentioned a long time ago in this episode, this is a trap game for Michigan. They're looking past us. They got, they got the game. You know, they got Ohio State on their mind. They're thinking. College football playoffs. They're not worried about Nebraska. They're like, hey, we won 1997 national championship. I don't know if this is what a Michigan <laughs> sounds like. All I'm saying is Nebraska is going to shock the world. You know about saving games? Mickey Jones might just sign his contract on Sunday. He might sign it Saturday night before they leave Ann Arbor. Nebraska is going to win this game. Stop me, John. I got it around here somewhere where I predicted Nebraska would go undefeated. Here it is. Nebraska's going to go undefeated. Now, I got a few of these wrong, <laughs> but I'm going to get this one right. Nebraska wins this game, shocking the college football world and the 100th in the big house. Nebraska wins 24 21. <laughs> I'm not laughing at your prediction. I'm. These are laughs of joy. I'm not laughing at you. <laughs> wait, wait, agrees. He's like three quarterbacks. We might win then. Yeah, damn right, three quarterbacks. I don't know. It, it, do I need the electroshock therapy, Blair? Or should I go straight for the lobotomy? I don't know. I don't care. Um, here we missed one. Uh, uh, James says, I'd say a margin of less than 20 points is a big more victory. I doubt that happened. I'll play and predict 48-17 Michigan. Uh, I do. You know what? Coming, what's our what's our store, John? What's our store name? Hobbycorn.com. Yeah. Can we, get a, can we big, get a big red cup that says uh, uh, Greg's Big Red Kool-Aid on it? Or we probably can't use Kool-Aid because that's trademarked. But uh, um, Greg, big, big Red uh, team-oriented drink. I don't know. Well, that doesn't make any sense. We'll figure it out. John, uh, can I get all the royalties? We can on that? do. We can. 
we can you we can do anything i you know i posted several designs in slack i don't know if you saw them who's got time to look at slack john i'm working man <laughs> well they were pretty uh uh, other than Aaron, everybody hated them with the, I think, uh, greatly hated them. Well, Including the underwear Aaron, design. That's because Aaron's got class. Um, <laughs> Steel is probably not always you. Uh, we, we have been having ongoing conversations with our streaming provider to uh, uh, make yeah. the audio just as, as, as high quality as it can be. Like I said, they're ongoing, so we apologize. Uh, Wade says weather's supposed to be bad. And you know what I do in bad weather? I give the rock to Anthony Grant. And I say, go get me six, kid. My hair is getting all. You need a haircut, John. You, I've been telling you this for a year and a half. Yeah. yeah all right. I, I probably do. All right. So that is it for this uh, uh, episode of the Five Heart Podcast. We appreciate all of you, uh, the, the comments coming in. You all are great, really fantastic. You do make the show what it is. Uh, it's it, it it's so much more fun this way. We laugh so much more this way than we used to when it was just uh, a couple of us sitting around and pre-recording it. Uh, we do have to do that on occasion just because of scheduling, but we always now have the preference uh, of being live with all of you. So thank you so much for joining us this week. Thank you, John, uh, because uh, John held down the fort. I was supposed to be here two weeks ago. And uh, for an 8.30 recording, I woke up in my chair at like midnight and I said, shit, I missed the show. <laughs> um, and then last week I had a scheduling uh, conflict, so I wasn't able to be here. John is the man, uh, all, 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 uh, well, not all praise and honor, but you know, all, all thanks to, uh, to our founder and fearless leader, John Dam Johnston, uh, for myself, Greg Mahachko and, for everybody at Coronation, we remind you this week and every week that five heart is all the heart you need. John? Hit the like button. Go Big Red. And win the damn game. <laughs>